Radio Newark Sport. Brought to you with Smith's Timber Merchants. For all your fencing, decking and DIY needs on Appleton Gate, Newark. Visit smithstimber.co.uk. Tonight, Newark Rugby Club win again. Newark Town ladies and men both live to fight another day in the Cup. And Flowserve have a bad day at Lowfields. Yes, it's time for all the news and the gossip from the Sports Village. Lowfields, Kellen Road and the Magnus on the show where the stars tell you what went right for some and what went wrong for the others in another weekend of local sport. I'm Mick Bradley, he's Tony Smith, this is Radio Newark Sport, and these are the headlines they're all going to be talking about. Newark Town put five goals past fourth place Rennie Short at the Sports Village to open up a 13-point gap over nearest rivals Dinnington, whose match at, ben- at uh, Bentley was postponed. A 3-1 home defeat to a lively Long Eaton United side was enough not quite enough, actually, to knock Newark Town off the top of the table. They now share that spot with Coventry United. The bragging rights on the day, though, went to Roach's footballing mentor. His old boss, Rudy Funk, had the biggest smile of anybody on that pitch at the end of the game. And it's five wins in a row for Newark Rugby Club after a 17 points to 12 victory at Ilkeston. A blistering opening half hour, and then it was all defence after the break. The new look Kellen Road team, obviously, very good at both. The hockey men puts last, last week's blip behind them with a 3-1 victory over arch rivals North Knots. But it's the news that broke on Friday that should be putting the biggest smile on the returning Paul Halfpenny's face. Woodfork shock defeat at Keyworth opened the door for both Bingham and Southwell in football's not senior league and they accepted the invitation both recording victories and they now sit one and two in the table. And to rugby, Southwell and Kestevan two more teams recording wins. The Minister men deposing of Mellish to remain on course for an instant return to a higher level and that dream day out at Kellam Road. Absolutely no time to waste. So, Mr Smith, we're suddenly a very good cricket team again. Yeah, they did uh, a tremendous job. Um, I don't know what quite went wrong in the first test, but the second, third and fourth went swimmingly. And um, it's um, so all of a sudden Joe Root has got um, a glorious future ahead of him. <laughs> ben Stokes hit 318 runs, took 10 wickets and 12 catches. Um, as far as I can work out, it's only the eighth time that's ever happened in a test series. Mm. Um, and I've got a list of the others that it happened to. Um, you're old enough to remember the first names. I'm going to call them surname Gregory, Australia versus England, 1920-21. Goddard, South Africa versus England, 1956-57. Uh, 
Tony Gregg, England versus Australia, 1974-75, and Ian Botham, of course, England versus Australia in 1981. What I did miss out was G. Sobers, West Indies versus Australia in 1960-61. G. Sobers, West Indies versus India, 1961-62. G. Sobers, West Indies (laughs) versus England, 1966. Don't ever... Yet, try and tell me that Ben Stokes, Ian Botham, or anybody else is as good an all-rounder as Cigarfield oh, Sobers. Well, they, they, they can't be because uh, they never played for Nottinghamshire, did they? So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, it just shows you what company Ben Stokes is walking amongst. I'll give you that one. You know, and uh, and really to have that sort of those revered cricketing names listed alongside you as a, a fellow achievers. Is, um, is 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 pretty good effort for a bloke who uh, was once the best known for packing punches in Bristol. I mean, he co- allegedly <laughs> he, he could. He was found not guilty. Um, he could. He, he could actually be up there if he carries on like this for another five years. He I is going to be up there with him, isn't I, he? I think he is now. I think he is now because um, he's one of those very unique sportsmen that can turn a match single-handedly. Look, let's get very serious for a minute. Um, the local grassroots football world, mm. especially in the East Midlands, was actually shocked to the core yeah. on Saturday afternoon when uh, it um, was announced that, first of all, the Matlock Town match was off and then the Alfton Town match was off and then we all found out that Jordan Sinnott, who was on loan um, at Matlock Town, had been found unconscious in the marketplace on Retford in the early hours of Saturday morning. Yeah. Um, the police are involved, the rest have been made, so it's not for us to, to make any comments whatsoever, apart from our thoughts. Obviously, go um, to Jordan Sinnott's family, friends, and everybody at those two football clubs. Yeah, you, you can't mention anything about uh, the incident, other than to say that um, we found out at Lowfields very early on that the Matlock Town and Alfreton Town games had been uh, postponed because somebody was on a life support machine and uh, that's all we knew and uh, unfortunately uh, the guy passed away uh, on Saturday evening and uh, all those people who uh, went home from Lowfields bitterly disappointed at the 3-1 home defeat by Long Eaton it certainly puts results like that into perspective most certainly, most certainly well, does. Well, when you consider that uh, some guy won't be going home to his family at the end of a, you know, a footballing mm-hmm. weekend. Um, one more for you. Jurgen Klopp um, and his first team players will not be involved in the <laughs> FA Cup fourth round replay against Shrewsbury Town. <laughs> now, I, I have to be honest. <laughs> I do. Now, I do have a certain amount of sympathy because I thought the FA in the Premier League did a massive disservice... I, I don't like Liverpool, but I thought they did a massive disservice to them in December when they was out representing the Premier League and this country in the World Championships, expecting them to play a League Cup quarter-fire. <coughs> I thought that was out of order. This time, the Premier League has written to all the Premier League clubs and said, you know, you're having two weeks off, do not arrange any matches, you wanted it, please adhere to it. And then again, FA Cup replay in between it. As do Tottenham and Southampton, as do Newcastle. <laughs> it, it just, it's, it's senseless. If the FA and the Premier League can't work together, what chance does anybody stand? But, 
I know uh, we decry Scotland on a regular basis on this show. You, I do, yeah. But um, in Scotland, they packed in playing. Um, <laughs> 1975 <laughs> and haven't started again since yeah i know that <laughs> but they packed in plane at the end of december <coughs> and they didn't start again until the 17th of january there were nothing absolutely nothing to in terms of replays in terms of anything else surely when the football association decided what to, they must have known that there was a, an fa cup weekend leading up to it even the FA must have known that, and then therefore potentially win the FA Cup unless uh, Jurgen Klopp and and, uh, and uh, you know the guy at Leicester, Brendan Rodgers, have have their ways and they scrap replays. You know they must have known there was a potential replay. So how do they do this sort of mid-season break? It's, it's a nonsense. Did you realise that uh, you do realise it, it, it's a draw tonight? Glenn Cobb's keeping an eye on the draw for us very kindly. Um, in a change to the usual format, all eight ties in the fifth lane. In, in the fifth round will be played against three midweek nights between the 3rd and the 5th of March with no replays. Yeah, it's just... Um, Let's just ruin it completely. You know, I mean, the fact that teams are fielding... that clubs are fielding weakened teams in the FA Cup just devalues the competition completely. Shrewsbury have already said that from the takings of the replay at Anfield... They will be able to buy video analysis equipment for the club and they'll be also be able to put proper drainage in all of their training pitches. Yeah, yeah. Now, you know, that's tangible. Yeah. I mean, if you play against uh, a big team like Shrewsbury versus Liverpool, the chairman and the people holding the purse strings... You know, they'd be dead chuffed with a win, but they'd be wanting a replay, wouldn't they? They'd be wanting a draw. They'd be wanting to go back to Anfield. Of course they would. Purely financial reasons. Shrewsbury, I'm sorry all those people listening in Shrewsbury, Shrewsbury Town are not going to win the FA Cup this season. No, but they're going to, they're going, but, 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 but they're going to their FA Cup final. But they're going to make stacks of money, and that's what the sort of little clubs are in it for. Anyway, it's time for this. And the first call, of course, is always the Sports Village. And it's going to be Mr Tony Jones, who's waiting for us on the phone now to tell us about, uh, I think, a less stressful day, particularly for himself. Tony, have I got that one about right? You most certainly have, mate. Good evening to you all. It was a bit more, it was a bit more light on, on Saturday, wasn't it? You got, the, you got the stress out of the way the week before and it was a uh, normal service resumed. Yes, uh, the lads certainly uh, put the game to bed on Saturday. They certainly uh, came out all guns blazing, and to be fair, they uh, produced some of the form that they've been producing uh, pretty much throughout the season, apart from the last couple of weeks, obviously. Well, they've obviously got a point to prove themselves as well, haven't they? Because they know they could do a lot better than they did the previous week. Oh, definitely, yeah, you know, and the lads know that as well, you know. The lads have been... 
uh, disappointed with their performances, um, especially over the last couple of weeks. Um, and to be fair to them, they really wanted to put things right. And uh, I'm pleased to say, right from the off, really, the game on Saturday down at the YMCA, we uh, put Ren and Shaw to bed, really. You know, we uh, certainly played well against them. We, we looked devastating going forward. Uh, we always looked like we was going to be scoring a goal when we started attacking and we defended well. And I think um, that's what you do best, isn't it, when you start on the front foot? Oh, definitely, definitely. I mean, we've got lads that uh, play for Newark Town that, that are exciting on the ball and uh, every time they put the ball up 20, 30 yards out and they're running at them at pace, you know, George Asprins, Dale Price, you know, Lewis Chambers, um, you know, the frightening guys to play against when they're running at you and uh, they're certainly on form. Um, Saturday, definitely. Dinnington's game didn't play, take place. I, I'm led to believe there was a linesman short. Yes, so I'm led to believe, which... Uh, Sounds ridiculous in my harsh, world, but... A little bit harsh on them guys, to be fair, yeah. especially having making the trip over there as well. But that um, means they've got five games to, to catch up now and five games that they've got to win. Exactly, yes. You know, it's uh, opened the gap up a little bit more for us, uh, put a little bit more pressure on them, and uh, they are still in two cup competitions as well. So uh, they're certainly not going to be happy with uh, the outcome that they kind of received on Saturday. You know, it, that was a game they wanted to get done and out of the way because uh, they're starting to get a bit of a backlog now, and uh, that obviously uh, benefits our uh, situation definitely. Tell me about what I'm led to believe is Newark Town's youngest ever um, player, adult player, that is. Um, and uh, will he ever be as good as his granddad? Um, that's a tall order, to be fair. I, I would like him to be. He's certainly got the credentials to be. Um, I mean, Juno was a, uh, a fantastic footballer. Um, obviously, I caught the back end of his uh, career watching. Um, and... Uh, he was a fantastic player, Jim, and uh, a guy I've got a lot of time for. Um, as regards to Josh, um, Josh gave me a call right at the start of the season asking if he could come training with us just to get match fitness, obviously. Which, obviously, we didn't turn down. We said, yeah, you're more than welcome, and it's been an absolute pleasure uh, to have around the club. You know, he, he, he gets on really well with the dads. Uh, you know, the lads around the pitch, and everyone admires him, and he, he doesn't look out of place. You know, even when he was obviously 15, not turning quite 16, he, he still never looked out of place. And the lads love working with him. And uh, I think he enjoys himself down there when he's down there with us. Obviously gives him a bit of experience playing against uh, old people. And, um, yeah, he obviously turned 16 and we gave him the opportunity. Obviously spoke to Boston. Um, gave him the opportunity to sign up, which he took. And... Uh, it was pleasing to give him his debut on Saturday. Uh, I think it was really tough. He's, he's done a fair amount of work for us on um, mental health, social media um, yeah. pod podcasts, and that was when he was 15, and I would struggle to meet a more eloquent, <coughs> char charming young man as, as Josh Burkett. Oh, he's an absolute credit, and... and uh, what you get with Josh is, is you get, uh, let's just say, he's got a very old head on her, very young shoulders. Um, he's very level-headed, he, you know, he talks sense. He, he, he's just a pleasure to have around, he's a pleasure to be here. You know, I have a couple of conversations with him in the week and it's always a pleasure talking to him and uh, 
it's been really pleasing and um, just having Josh Dan training and working with us and, and obviously it was really good to see him come on and and, and make his debut for the town I'm sure his, his uh, dad God bless him would have been proud he would have been very proud wouldn't he um, yes he certainly would I, I think it's worth having a couple of quid on, on Newark Town in this not senior cup because one way or another you're managing to stop in it well, it's it's certainly a cup that we seem to have a lot of life in at the minute. Wednesday's um, <laughs> game, in all fairness, uh, it was a little bit disappointing to have it called off because even well, the third goal went in, and to be perfectly honest, none of us knew who actually scored it. Ah, it went in. Um, we just heard it was in the back of the net because it was that foggy at the end that we just we couldn't see anything. So. Although very harsh on Kimberley to go uh, 3-1 up and obviously have the game called off. Um, it was obviously the right decision because she literally could not see the other side of the pitch. Um, I think for you though, Tony, an- another chance to pit your wits against the step six side. You know, well, let's just, fingers crossed and everything works out, that's what it should be next year. Um, yeah. Gives you another opportunity to... I'm, I'm sure you already know you've seen enough football but um, of, it'll give the players an indication of what they're going to be up against yeah definitely I mean it, although the game got called off in the uh, the late 50s um, minutes uh, bracket I still believe uh, that the way the game was going that we still had a uh, chance of getting back into that game um, even at 3-1 down you know I still thought we'd have, you know, that we were doing enough to get back in the game um, like I say, a little bit harsh on Kimberley. Um, they're a good side. They, they've drawn uh, quite a few of their league fixtures, to be fair. So, it was obviously a hard team to beat. Um, but I fancy the chances against them in the replay, to be honest. It, 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 you know, we've got the talent within the Newark Town squad to do that. Um, they obviously have one or two quality players that obviously stood out on the night and we'll be keeping an eye on in the replay. Um, but yeah, you know, it's uh, we've got a second, or, or shall we say, a third bite to the cherry. Um, can you couldn't make this up, really, could you? Because the Newark Town ladies got knocked out of their cup by Bingham a couple of weeks ago, and it yeah, turns I out Bingham's goalkeeper game, wasn't signed on in time or something and shouldn't have played. I actually watched the game, or I caught the last half hour of uh, the game down at Devon Park, and. Uh, in all fairness, their keeper, who, who obviously um, has been punished for not being signed on, pulled off two or three good saves <laughs> in the penalty shootout. So um, it was obviously uh, sort of making a difference. So if uh, if there was just not to be signed on, then uh, it's like anything. You break the rules and, uh, exactly. and you get punished. Exactly. Right. Um, serious head on, because you've got a massive, massive Saturday game. Oh, yes. It's a game that we're really looking forward to. It's a game that we've had an eye on for quite a few weeks now, especially after coming uh, through the Christmas period with all them odd games there. Uh, we knew this one was going to be uh, in mine and Luke's um, uh, minds that, that this was going to be the one that we really, really needed to work hard on. Um, I'm pleased with our performance this Saturday just gone because... Uh, coming off the back of two weeks uh, where we probably wasn't performing to the best of our capabilities um, it was really pleasing to get on song now on Saturday and I think we'll need that on Saturday coming into Redford because uh, we've played them three times already and there have been three draws and obviously lost to them twice on penalties in the court competitions 
So we know a lot about each other. Uh, we know that they've been signing a fair few players on of late. So, you know, we're expecting a real tough game down there. And uh, it's one I think we can cope with. And I think it's one I think that we can deal with on the day. And, and hopefully we'll be being three points down there one back to another. Let's hope, let's hope so. You can tell us all about it next Monday night. Thank you very much, well, Tony. Tell her that. I hope we're having a, uh, a pint while we're doing it, mate. <laughs> exactly. Thanks, mate. All right, mate. Thanks, Thanks Tony. Bye. So, 13 points in front, but second place team's got five games in hand. Where would you rather sit? I'd rather the points in the bag. You know, because, uh, <clears throat> you know, th- th- that's uh, a fair to complete, isn't it? The other one's uh, a potential. Yeah, you know, a potential fifteen points. I'd rather have a thirteen-point lead and I'd have the games done. Well, I think I'm with you on that one. Coming up next, Craig Roach. Radio it's um, always good to meet old friends in, in in local football because you know you see these people probably twice a year and you've known them for for years and years. And that was the case on Saturday afternoon at Lowfields when. Flow serves joint manager Craig Roach um, met once again with uh, I, I like to call him probably Craig's mentor, but uh, Craig and Rudy Funk go back an awful long way. So take the football to one side for a moment, Craig. Uh, what's it like to meet up with uh, a great friend of yours again? Yeah, it's always nice to see him. It's not it's not unusual for me because I, I keep in touch with him and I see him regularly. We're often go for a coffee or whatnot. So we're well, yeah, it's always different when you when you're in the opposite to. Uh, Dug out to each other. Um, obviously, we play, I played for Rudy for, for many years, and uh, I learnt a lot from him. I had many happy days playing under him, so I've got I've still got a lot of respect for the guy. So yeah, it's always it's always a little bit of extra spice added to it when uh, when somebody you, you're friendly with is in the next dugout. And uh, anybody who thought that um, top of the table against tenth in the table was going to a gimme doesn't actually know Rudy Funk very well, do they? Well, no, and that, that goes for anyone in the table, whether the tenth, top, or bottom. You know, there is no gimmies in that league, and you see that every week. And we've said that all along. You know, we're, it was only a few weeks ago where Long Eaton were, were in the top four with games in hand. You know, they've lost a couple and they've slipped down, but you know they go win a couple again and, and they're back in there. So that's that's just the nature of the league. It's very competitive, and uh, yeah, you, you've got to take your chances on the day, otherwise you'll get found out and you, you'll get nothing from the game. Um, I thought. Um on the afternoon I've got to give great credit to Long Eaton I thought they was as good a team as I've seen down there this yeah. season um, they didn't really give us any space we we, we, we was Flosa was in in the game for large parts of it but uh, they just seemed to score when it mattered and then uh, just shut the game down at the end yeah I think um, they put they put a very um, professional away performance in you know, like you say they, they nullified us stopped us playing um, we we couldn't find a way around that. We often puffed, tried a few different things, but um, you know, just, we didn't have the quality there on the day that we've had in, in previous weeks to get through or take our chances when we needed to at key moments of the game. Um, you know, and we, I think it's fair to say that we gifted them a couple of goals. Um, so, you know, when you all them ingredients, put them together, and you're always going to be lucky if you get something from the game. And you know, Saturday, Saturday we didn't, and, and the best team on the day won, as you say. Um, so, like I say, give, give the credit to Long Eaton there, and uh, we dust ourselves down and we'll, and we'll go again on, on Tuesday. Craig, you've been on the, the local circuit for a number of years, and you probably didn't know the news that was breaking on, on, on Saturday afternoon like um, like mm-hmm. we did, but it does put football into perspective when, when you learn 
and what happened on Saturday? Yeah, it's uh, you know it's awful. There's there's no words you can put together to, to describe that. We, I did hear about it. Um, in fact, when the lads out warming up, I heard that he was he was in a bad way um, just before kick off. So yeah, to get the news afterwards that he's that he's passed away was uh, was obviously horrible for everybody. And uh, I say it puts a lot of things in perspective. And you know the football world does come together and support each other and, and things like that, which is good. It does, and I, I was pleased to see that those messages from. Rivalry doesn't really matter, does it? At this, it's and everybody, no. everybody was sending the message, and there was and those messages in from all over the footballing family, and that was and and that was absolutely lovely to see. Um, Flosev um, are back in action again tomorrow night. You've had a lot of time to think about it, and you go again. But that is the nature of uh, of step five. Yes, it is absolutely. Yeah, it's a relentless league. You know, there's no time to sit there crying over spilt milk. You have to uh, you have to take it on the chin. You know, learn from it and try and make sure it doesn't happen again. Um, but this is going to be no different on Tuesday. Now, either probably one of the better sides we've played this season, I'd say, um, from the game in the bars. I've been to watch them a couple of times as well. Very good side. So again, it's been no different. You know, we'll go there on Tuesday. Um, obviously, we're, we're up there, so we'll, we'll, we'll look to try and win. But anything out of the game, we'll be happy with a point. You know, if we can have the next three games, if we can we can target six or seven points out of the next three games and, and we'll be happy and we'll still be in, in the mix but um, yeah, obviously on uh, Tuesday we've got to be better than Saturday we've got to be much more clinical in front of goal and uh, a bit more ruthless at the back not giving nothing away and then we've got, we've got a chance where we've got the quality so um, yeah and we'll see how it goes Craig thank you so much pleasure um is it, are, are they both in bed, or is everybody in? Is, uh, it sounds like the, the, the clothes. I think she's struggling. All oh, right, well, so she needs <laughs> joint manager at football and joint manager at home. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Talk to you soon, mate. Thank you. Thanks, Craig. Bye. And while Craig's been chatting to us, Glenn's been sending us the FA Cup draw for all you that's not sitting in front of a television. Are you ready, Mr. Smith? Sheffield Wednesday will play Manchester City. Oh. Reading or Cardiff will play Sheffield United. Chelsea are at home to Shrewsbury or Liverpool. West Brom are at home to Newcastle or Oxford. Leicester City will play Coventry or Birmingham. Southampton or Tottenham will play Norwich. Portsmouth will play Bournemouth or Arsenal. And Northampton or, or Derby will play Manchester United. <laughs> A certain Mr. Rooney? <laughs> well, Northampton versus Manchester United. Well, that's what I hope it's going to be, yes. Many moons ago was the comeback game of George Best. United won 8-2 and he scored 6. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes, after the FA. Although it's not Manchester United's record victory. Uh, after the FA had, had banned him because he, was, he sort of retaliated after getting both his legs cut off. Do you know what Manchester United's uh, record victory is? I'm sure you're going to tell me. That's 8-1. And uh, right. substitute Oli Gunnar Solskjaer came on at the city ground and scored four. Oh. I can soon replace you. Go and ring Rob Wildman. <laughs> I walked into that one, didn't I? Oh, yeah. I walked into that one terribly <laughs> right while uh, Tony's going to change the shape of his ball. Don't you know his number? After all this time, don't say it on air. Right. Yeah, he's... Well, Tony's going to ring somebody. Um... <laughs> Right, tomorrow night, um, two of our young stars that's uh, regular visitors to the studio finishing off our run January season. 
um, Amelia Crispin and Joseph Monk are coming in. And then on Wednesday night, we're in for a bit of a cracker. Actually, the firecrackers are coming because they think they're a sports team. Tony and I think cheerleading is not sport. It's going to be fun on Wednesday night because we're up against four feisty ladies who are apparently all set on arguing the point that waving pom-poms in the air and cheering is something to do with sport. Um, I'll tune in on Wednesday night if I... What do you mean, no? It's either the wrong number. Oh, he's dialed the wrong number. Right, let me play this while I get him out of trouble (laughs) yet again. Radio Newark, the home of Newark Sport. Monday to Thursday, 7 to 8pm, with Mick and Tony. Radio Newark, the home of Newark Sport. Missed one of our shows? Don't forget you can check out the podcasts and get the very latest sports news daily on our website at radionewark.co.uk. Whoever has been trying to ring certainly isn't Rob Wildman. Unbelievable. You've heard the comment about you can't get the staff, haven't you? Well, this is this is an absolute classic case of you can't get the staff. Oh, Mr Wildman, how long has Tony Smith known you? <laughs> I don't say. No, unbe- absolutely unbelievable. <laughs> right, OK. Uh, well, I mean, come on. It- for, for the record, um, probably about 35 years. <laughs> for, for, <laughs> five on the bounds, a, a team that can... Blister in attack for the first half, solid defence for the second half. It's this 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 new look Newark. Oh, it's a pity the season didn't start in December. Very true. No, we, it was one of our best wins. Um, I didn't see the win over Colville first game after Christmas, but certainly Saturdays against Ilkeston over at Ilkeston, not a place we we win regularly at. Um, it was a very good performance all round. Um, dropped away in the middle bit but overall you could get no complaints uh, we, we started very well uh, ended up winning 17-12 tell us um, who got who, who put well, the points start, on the board our, our tries came um, in the first half we did have a I must admit the first 20 minutes we had one or two chances which didn't uh, come off uh, we you know, begin to sort of groan and moan on the touchline yes we do moan and groan on the touchline um, we, we opted um not to kick a easy penalty, so we, we played to the corner, kept the pressure on, and eventually we, we got two tries, two good tries in that in the first half. Alex O'Dell, scrum half, he bustled over for one. Jonathan Webster had charged down a kick, an Ilkeston kick, and um, Jonathan and Alex seized on the chance, so that was the first try. Second try was one of the best of the season. It was a Buddha special, Aloisi Wakalivu, um, our long-standing centre. Um, and he, he scored one of his excellent tries. Matt Cox made the initial break out, outright in our own half, and, and Butter finished off. And even for a man, uh, I'm told the wrong side, over 40, uh, he did very well, and he, he took his try very well. Scored in the post. We were 14 nil up. We kept them out uh, at the end of the first half. Turned around 14 nil up. And then, then our wobble came just after half time. We conceded two tries very easily in the first ten minutes of that second half. Fourteen twelve. Thankfully, the Ilkeston kicker missed a pretty easy sec- conversion of the second try, so we still led fourteen twelve. And from then on, for the last sort of twenty five thirty minutes of the half, we, uh, second half, we played very well. 
defended very well uh, and also had plenty of pressure and possession and eventually um, Matt Cox got a penalty 17-12 up and we finished on the attack and, and we, we could have scored uh, both wings went very close to scoring Billy Charles on the left Reese Overland and, and substitute Sam Dobson on the right so I, th- I think in the end we were just about deserved winners I think Ilkeston again it's a tight game they might they might well have been kicking themselves Saturday evening uh, but I think we were just about deserved winners um, and again one of the reasons I think we're just about getting a, a bit of continuity and I think the results have helped We've, we had two wins before Christmas and as you're saying Mick we now I think we're um, five on the bounce in the league five out of six obviously we lost lost in the cup at Leighton Buzzard uh, last Saturday it, it, it is a turn on and you, you, you say if, if, if that same 15, 20 players are now um, making themselves available. They're, they're winning, and of course, if if you're playing the winning side, suddenly there's more yeah, chance of you being available. A bit of confidence, um, perhaps all this, also the settling in with the new coaches. You know, the, the, they took over in August, so it, take, it takes time. Um, I think our fitness levels are pretty good. Um, Saturday, um, Sean Denning, our new flank, he dropped out late on Friday. So Adam Corker on the coach took over in the back row. I think he also played in the front row. Um, so he, he did very well for us. And also uh, other people to pick out would be um, probably Mason Coolham in, in the pack. He played both front row and back row. I thought, I thought he had a terrific last 10 minutes. He was one of the players who really took the ball forward for us and, and really showed it touch of, uh, of class and also uh, hats off to the captain Will Britton I thought he, he also uh, got stuck in and, uh, and did well at centre alongside Buddha so overall a good win for us and, and next week uh, next Saturday we're at home to Lincoln 2.15 kickoff. yes sir Radio North Sport cameras making an out into Cavan Road so um, right. I should be, I should well, be wandering around yeah let's hope it's every time I normally go there I'm drowned out yeah, yeah, you, you, Yes, you, you bring on the water. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, just have a quick round-up of the rest of uh, Newark Rugby Club's yeah, weekend, because I know um, Sunday was a good day for the juniors. It was a good day for the juniors, yeah. Um, the seconds and the thirds both lost, so perhaps we'll um, move quickly. Move on, yeah. The seconds lost for the first time, I think, since um, start of December. I think it's six games <laughs> they'd put together. They went over to Melton and met their match in Melton. Thirds lost at home to Castle Donington, but on Sunday it looks a good day. Um, Under-16s beat Oakham, uh, and the under-15s beat Market Raisin, 47-5 over Raisin in the Cup. So, yeah, no, good good, good wins there. The Six Nations seems to have uh, arrived without... I mean, we're normally looking forward to it for weeks and weeks and weeks, but uh, it, it had gone straight on, under my radar, and it, it starts at, at the weekend, so... Well, I'm getting very excited. We need um, Rob Wardman's guide to the Six Nations. Who's going to win it? And your player to watch. Now, my notes from <laughs> last year <laughs> tell me that your player to watch in last year's tournament was Finn Russell. Wasn't that two years ago? Two years ago, was it? Okay. Well, I don't know. I'm getting confused yeah. now, Michael. Yeah, you're probably well, you're probably right. But Finn Russell is doesn't look like he's going to be no, involved no, in this oh, year's. Again, it's a rugby story. I understand. Um, had we. I think he had one too many in the bar Sunday night uh, when Scotland were gathering and perhaps told 
too many people what he thought of them, and um, <laughs> he's now serving a one-match ban. I, I think it's an old-style rugby story, but whereas it used to be sort of the night before the game, it's now two weeks before the game that he, a, a player gets sentenced for drinking too much. It's a, it's, a, it's a remarkable turnaround. It does sound pretty much like like that, don't you? Of course, he's got history with Gregor Townsend, doesn't he, as well? Because he... There was a bit of history. Yes. A bit of history, and uh, perhaps, perhaps Mr Finn's had too many... Perhaps he's... You know, He's living in Paris, playing for Racing Paris, one of the most, well, probably the most fashionable team in the world to play for. Perhaps he's just had a bit too much of the high life in Paris. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> but, you, but for a tip, um, again, I'm, I'm, I like, I'm like a racing pundit these days. Um, I think if England, favourites are England, I think, then, again, I think we'll, we can take a lot from the first games. You sh- England are away to Paris. If they win that game and, and get their... World Cup team motoring again. Um, they have Scotland and Italy also away in the two harder games at home. So I think the key for England is to beat France Sunday and then they'd be set for a pretty good Six Nations. They've got to go up to Murrayfield, which is never easy and there's always a bit of enmity. I don't know why. I think that that's probably the, the game with the most enmity. And I know the, we have a long history of all the sides, but Scotland England always seems to generate a little, a, little, a little bit more. We've got to go to Murrayfield, but I think we'd be too strong for Scotland. And then we then they have the two home games and it's Italy to finish. So um, if England start well, they're favourites. I'm looking forward to seeing France play. They've got a lot of new players in, a, huge, a big new squad, new coach, including in, in coach team Sean Edwards, who used to coach for Wales. Uh, the, the fiery little rugby league scrum half he's done very well coaching made his career in, in union coaching so he's joined the French team even though he, he admits he, his, his French is very limited but there is quite an Anglo streak in the um, in the French coaching team Raphael Ebenez who used to work with Edwards at uh, Wasps is among the coaches and also Galtier um, has pretty good English so Sean's English is limited Sorry? Sean's English is limited. Well, Sean, you know, hey, he's been a very gifted coach. We can make derogatory comments about um, the lad from Wigan, but my word is, he's one heck of a defence coach. Um, and that, so I say, I'm looking forward to France playing. Uh, I don't give a chance to Italy or Scotland. Um, Ireland should beat Scotland Saturday. Uh, again, it, they're all three or four of the teams have all got new coaches. So it's interesting to see. Let, let, let's see how the first weekend pans out, and then perhaps I'll, I'll make another prediction. Rob Wardman's week by week predictions to the yeah. Six Nations. Well, the World Cup have backed every team in the in town. So. <laughs> Those blooming rewrites. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Um, Harley Quinn's convincingly beat Saracens. I'm told at the weekend. Has Saracens sort of yeah, just given up? Saracens, although they're none of the England boys, all the England squad are away in Portugal on warm weather training, so they're none of the Saracens England players. And I think Harlequins, they can play good rugby, and they did. And they started very well. Danny Kerr started sort of an excellent try off the back of a line out, and Saracens fell away. That um, we'll have to see how they regroup now after all what you know, all the um, attention and problems. You know, focused on them in the last couple of weeks. So, in all that, did you give us a name to look out for? Oh no, not yet. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think the name I'd look out is the French pick him Entomac. 
He's um, the fly half of France. You can't come up with anybody. I can understand Finn Russell. Um, in the England squad, it'd be good to see uh, one or two new players get a chance, whether that's going to happen. Um, and, the, and the guy in Wales to look out for is a guy called Rhys Zamet, who's been scoring tries for Gloucester. Again, it depends if he gets a chance. Uh, but he's been he's scored. I think he's a top try scorer in the Premiership this season. He had a little knock, but he's back. He's back training with Wales. So let let's look out for him if, if he gets an opportunity. Um, we'll wait and see. But the most important match of the weekend is Newark going for six on the trot at home to Lincoln. I assume at two fifteen. Two fifteen kick off. Newark at home to Lincoln. Um, all welcome. Free. What's, bit, free what's gone wrong at Lincoln? Sorry. What's gone wrong at Lincoln? Well, a good question. You know, obviously they beat us um, started the season in the NLD competition, uh, North Lincoln Derby competition. Um, and since then, uh, as you know, Mick, I, I struggled to uh, keep up with what, what's happening at Newark, let alone what's <laughs> happening at other clubs. <laughs> the famous Rob Wardman fence. Brilliant. Rob, as ever, the highlight of the evening. We'll Thank catch you. you. We'll catch you later. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye-bye. Oh dear, he is absolutely wonderful. Well, you're wrong again, aren't you? Because Manchester United's biggest win wasn't the win against Forest. Manchester United's biggest victory ever, ever, ever is a 10-0 victory over Anderlecht in 1956. Their biggest Premier League win was 9-0 against Ipswich in 1995. Um, the result against Forest actually is the biggest away win. And my correspondent says, what's he whinging about? I thought Leeds United fans hated Manchester United. Obviously not as much as what they hate Nottingham Forest. So anybody <laughs> out there, Tony Smith hates Nottingham Forest. T- took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> Okay, uh, Mr. Paul Harpenny wasn't very well last week and was all very worried because he's uh, he's been up and down a bit this year. Um, and I'm so so pleased that he sounds in fine form again tonight. And Paul, you are okay and you are back to form again. Oh, I'm certainly back to form. Yes, yes, back that's, again. That's all. That's all that really matters. Um, tell me then, because you can tell me about two weeks. Really, you can tell me what the heck happened to the men last weekend. Oh, Mick, Mick. Well, that's what put you in two, bed for four days. Two two weeks in the life of Newark Hockey Club is unbelievable. Um, I'm assuming you've seen what's been on the advertiser website. Well, you've got. I've got. That, I've got that one to come yet. Um, which which is absolutely unbelievable. What's happened? Okay, so just winding the clock back to you know the disaster, the absolute disaster that was the weekend of two weeks ago. Um, The first disaster was the ladies' first team, who lost at home against Ashbourne. um, And after being in a winning position and cruising throughout the game, conceded two late goals in the second half to lose 2-1 against a team that was below them and has now plunged Newark first team into the relegation battle, third from bottom, as Ashbourne went and won and beat Northampton Saints in a rearranged game this week. Um, Very, very disappointing. Not only that we've lost Laura Harris, she had an operation and we wish her well um, this this weekend on a knee, so she's out for the rest of the season. One more player down and 
desperate times for the ladies, I'm afraid. Um, what happened to the men? Well, this is what happened to the men. Ian Ferriby got himself an MMO, which is a red card for match day... Um, I forget what, the, what, what MMO stands for, but uh, it's uh, basically got a red card for chat after the game had finished. So he's on a 16-day suspension. Alex Davies has left the club. He's, uh, as a player, he's he's gone to Belper to play National League. Um, he's been accepted into the first-team squad at Belper. Um, five players injured. Um, it was an absolute disaster. So, um, yes, they didn't just lose. They got absolutely annihilated by Beeston, who sit third in the table. Um, it, it was nice to actually have a couple of those players back this weekend um, to turn over North Knots 3-0 but I worry I, I, I worry about the first team men um, I think Fez has got another week out Ian Therabee has got another week out serving his 16 uh, day suspension for the red card um, but yeah you know when you sat top of the league is there any need for red cards like this it's not really something that, that ever happens at Newark we, we tend to keep our discipline and uh, yeah, it's 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 not good. Um, but um, good luck to the lads, and let's hope we can keep it together and keep fighting. And uh, it's a tough one this week because there are way to Loughborough students who now sit above them, top of the league, one point clear. So they need to put in a hell of a performance this week. It, it is the make or break weekend, isn't it? It is absolutely. Yeah. Let, let, let's leave the playing of hockey because i did allude at the beginning that there is some major news coming out, out of the of the hockey club we we was asked to uh, not to break it at the time because it has still got to be ratified by the school governors and everything but i think that that is just rubber stamping but uh, um obviously our friends elsewhere decided to to go for it so it is in the public domain now um and that is the fact that, uh, as I understand it, NSDC are loaning the Magnus a substantial sum of money to um, basically completely rebuild the, the hockey pitch. And obviously the caveats in all this is that the Magnus have got to then produce a pot of money for it to all happen again in 10, 15 years' time. Am I somewhere close to what's happened? Um I'm not on the committee. It was quite bizarre, actually, because having told you what I just told you, I was obviously on a downer. I was sort of scratching my, my brain and, 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 and thinking, where is this season going? And then all of a sudden, completely out of the blue, I got a phone call from Rachel at the Newark Advertiser um, telling me about this, uh, this money and um, could we get... Uh, photographer down at the side of the pitch and I, I'm, I'm thinking what are you talking about and she had to explain it to me now, I suppose journalists are doing their job as journalists and we have put one or two um, little releases out on our own uh, web page and through social media saying pretty much what you've just said um, as of yesterday when I spoke to chairman and president we've not yet been officially notified by the council that uh, the money is, is, is forthcoming. Um, but I think, you know, that will happen in due course. Um, and yes, you're absolutely right, because the school, it, the pitch belongs to the school, and the school have to rubber stamp it. 
Um, now, it's not as easy as what you say. I mean, uh, Aaron took me through the permutations of, of what may happen. Um, so I'm not going to crack any bottles of champagne until it's there, it's signed, it's sealed. Um, because anything can happen, um, really, and you only need to get a couple of people within the school that, that think, well, you know what, this is too much hassle, we don't need this, uh, no, we're going to refuse it, and you're back to square one. So I, I think you've still got, there is still some mileage to go, but from my understanding, certainly, um, I mean, I know the advertiser picked it up because it was in a council meet and meeting that's open to the public um, last yeah. week. Um, the ba- basically, the ratification of it all, and I think it it's just got to go through um, the, go- the governors or, or the trustees of, of the school. I think they wanted them to know about it before it went in the paper, which is only fair, but it didn't, it didn't quite work out like that. Um, yeah. But I think the council... Um, David Lloyd and Andrew Hardy have worked tremendously hard, and and so has Anna Martin at the Magnus, along with Aaron, to make to make this work. Yeah, there's a lot of people behind the scenes who've who've done an awful lot in our favour, including yourself, Mick. You know, you know, you you you've been poking the right people in the right places, haven't you? So you know, it's uh, it's a thank you to you as well, and to uh, some of the councils councillors who've. Um, whose children, whose youngsters have, have played at New York Hockey Club, who've, who've um, shouted in the right ears as well. So well, we're yeah, usually grateful to everybody. It doesn't do any harm just to um, have a word in people's shell like every now and again. That's, that's absolutely true, yes. And keeping it at the forefront of everybody's agenda that this town cannot afford to lose a club of the stature and the size of New York Hockey Club. That, that's right, because uh, the, the advertiser, when I spoke to them, had absolutely no idea of our membership and what we do for the community of Newark. Um, so it was a bit of an eye-opener to, to, to Rachel when, when she uh, spoke to me on the phone. But it sounds very, very good. The plans that we've got, speaking to Mr Chairman and Mr President, are hopefully not just for a new pitch, but for brick-built dugouts and uh, spectators' area and uh, so and I, I assume new lighting as well. So, so that would be absolutely amazing. And, that, and you never know, it might attract a few quality players over as well. Well, you've got to have the facilities to attract the players, haven't you? It's, it's the old chicken and egg job, isn't it? That's true, and I think with the way that the Magnus has gone as well, with, with their foyer now being so very very welcoming with this uh, coffee bar that they've got, the TV on, that's on all the time, um, a nice seating area, I, I think it, it may well attract uh, people to come in and, and uh, be part of our wonderful family club. And that's, uh, at the end of the day, that's exactly what... Uh, the hockey club is exactly what the rugby club is. It's a fam- it's a family club, and it's Newark's club as well. And yes, I know at the at the top end of it that by the sheer nature has its limitations. But the fact is, it's Newark's and it's family, and it's full of Newark and the, the areas kids there. And you got to go down to either Kellam Road or yourselves on a Sunday morning, and the point is proved time and time again why it's so important. That that's true. Although I will make a point. Um, of saying that uh, uh, Newark men's second team on Saturday, um, it, it read on social media, um, goal scorer Paul Halfpenny and man of the match Ben Bradley. So, you know... I did see the Ben Bradley bit, yes. <laughs> get, get, um, and his wife goes off injured. Yes, apparently she was being on crutches, but she might be all right for the weekend. It's just yet another worry, isn't it? It's, uh, <laughs> 
Oh, oh dear. But you take it. I'll, I'll go onto the model <laughs> railway layout and, ju- and just, ju- just chill for yeah, a bit. Chill out. <laughs> <laughs> you know of any hockey players? Just, just send them my way, mate. I'll send you Mr. Smith. He's no use here. I've never seen Mr. Smith in a skirt with his legs shaved, but he'll do. <laughs> I'd probably do a job if you wedged me in goal. Uh, we've got we've got a goalkeeper, thank you. I, I, I don't want you squealing and running off. It's, it's a scary it's a scary job that one. Brilliant, <laughs> Paul. Thank you so much as ever. We'll catch you next week. You're welcome. Thanks, Paul. Bye bye. Bye bye. Oh dear, the wonderful Mister Paul Halfpenny. And, and and yes, I mean, if it does look like that. Um, we're going to see, in the very near future, a state-of-the-art, state-of-the-art hockey pitch at the Magnus and the security of Newark Hockey Club for mm. the next, for the foreseeable future. And I think that's absolutely wonderful. You know, I mean, and it's, it's, it's yet another shot in the arm of the town, following on from the. Uh, from 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 the floodlit area at the leisure centre yeah. and, and what's happening at Floor Surf. Yeah. And uh, you know yeah. it's, it's just uh, it's all it's all good, isn't it? I, I mean like sort of when you consider what has been achieved at Newark Hockey Club, at Newark Athletic Club, people like this with such very, very little going for them in terms of facilities, it's just like all the Christmases have come at once for Newark Sport, isn't it? Yeah, and it's just absolute total coincidence it's all happened since it's had its own radio station dedicated to it (laughs) (laughs) well come on last last five years the the sports village the the new sports centre what's happening at the hockey club um what's happened at kellum road uh newark town finally back in the town flow surf playing the highest level of football ever played in in this town um the Grove Squash Club, yeah, uh, yeah, and our cricketers are also enjoying an Indian summer. Uh, far more from me to say, but well, you know, I mean, I mean Newark uh, Rugby Club girls did come in here with four members and became national champions after their appearance here first. So, so yeah, there is a pattern for me. I'll, I'll have I that. ever mentioned that? You, you might have done once, twice, <laughs> <laughs> just in passing. Right, I did tell you at the beginning, but I'll tell you, I'll tell you again now tomorrow night. Um, Two of our young superstars, which makes this town so great when it comes to sport, are in the studio, Amelia Crispin and Joseph Monk. Tony Smith is not, so it makes it even for a better night. Um, He's going to Deepest Colville to see um, Eva St. John's and Newark Flowserve, two teams who had results to forget at the weekend. I'll be back on Wednesday for the podcast. Wednesday night, it's going to be a cracker. It's going to be a firecracker, as we said, as uh, they try and convince us too that um, cheerleading is a sport it may be a sport but if it's a sport it's got the wrong name so we'll argue that one out on wednesday night and thursday night it's the it's the thirsty football show when we basically just waffle away about grassroots football the beautiful game for an hour um coming up next um on here is the wonderful mr adrian crampton with his look at uh, the 70s soul funk and disco scene while on dab the one and only mr andrew channing